0: This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu.
1: Um, it is a real treat to be here today. Thank you all uh, for having me. I'm going to try to multitask with holding the remarks, advancing slides, and, and interacting with, with all of you. Um, I will also let you know I'm sort of trying out something new today. It's the end of the academic year. I don't think I wanted to go with the straight-up PowerPoint for a half hour while you're all eating. Um, it's a little gray outside, so I thought I would just try a different approach to, um, to maybe liven up uh, a standard keynote uh, on assessment. Uh, so hopefully the title for my talk uh, has gotten your attention. Um, when Gabrielle wrote to me and said we need a title, and we sort of had the abstract. We had we had, had some conversations about what uh, she wanted me to focus on. and. I just didn't wanna go with something that had the phrase closing the loop in it. I didn't wanna say continuous improvement. Um, So I don't really know where this came from, but then it evolved into this talk, uh, and I'm gonna run with it, so um, we'll see how it goes. I did try it out on my IR colleagues. Um, They all said it's fabulous, but it's also end of the year performance evaluation time at (laughs) Temple, so I don't really know if they liked it or not. Uh, So when I was invited to talk about assessment, particularly using assessment results, I didn't want to go with the talks and titles and workshops that I've done throughout the last couple of years. Um, I have many sets of slides on understanding results. I have slides on using results. I have slides on focusing the purposes of your assessment, organizing your data. These are all topics that we'll touch upon, uh, but I just didn't want that kind of focus for today. And I thought maybe you know it's the end of the academic year; we're all kind of a little tired. Uh, maybe something fresher uh, would resonate. Uh, I started to think about: wouldn't it be nice if there was sort of some power or magic in assessment? And and The one thing Jim didn't say, and all those nice things about me, is I am kind of an assessment geek. Um, I actually do like assessing things. I believe anything can be assessed. People in my life will tell you I'm constantly assessing things. Um, But I wanted to sort of try to come up with some remarks and some examples to help illustrate that power of assessment for you. Um, now, having worked with colleagues in, uh, my, on my own campus, faculty and departments across campus, and at many other institutions, uh, particularly in the Middle States region, I know sometimes too there is this wish of, God, I really wish we could just, you know, this assessment work was easier or it wouldn't take as much time. I really wish we could look in a mirror or hold up a mirror and say, here's a mirror, Do you, have you learned anything? Um, have the, see, see what we see back uh, in that reflection. So it would be really nice to have a mirror to tell us um, what's working, but since we don't, um, I would like to try to give you a sense of how I see assessment, however, as our lens. Uh, to see how our students are doing, what they know, what they don't know, uh, their strengths and weaknesses. So to keep the talk light, the, um, the Disney fairy tale references are, are not going to end with this slide. Uh, I'm going to continue to try to infuse the talk with sort of more fairy tale uh, references uh, to make uh, draw metaphors between assessment and sort of magic and fairy tale and enchantment and we'll see how it goes. So I realize that the definition of a fairy tale is a fabricated story about magical and imaginary beings and lands. Well, those critical of higher education might say that we live in our own little magical fairy tale land and that we think, you know, we know that we, what we do is great and fabulous and that students leave here, uh, your students about to graduate this weekend, knowing more than when they came. Uh, but now the accountability era that we're in, more and more people are asking us to prove that. To demonstrate uh, that students are learning and that we're using assessment to improve uh, the courses, the programs, the experiences of our students. So when we think about fairy tales, <coughs> there's sort of a it, oh there we go okay. There's sort of a standard script to the fairy tale, and if you're thinking about whichever your favorite fairy tale is, I think you can sort of follow this along. First of all, there's always a good character. There's always the hero, the heroine, the prince, the king, the princess. Well, in this assessment tale, the good characters are you. They're the faculty and the students who do the work uh, of the teaching and learning. Now, there's also the evil character. Um, Now, when I got to writing this, I realized, wow, I might actually be the evil character. I might be the one that makes people do this. And yes, there are certain (laughs) people on my campus, as I'm sure there are people here and elsewhere, that say, well, I'm doing this assessment thing because someone's making me. Or maybe middle states, because some of us feel, well, we have to do this for accreditation. So maybe they are the evil uh, characters. Uh, But work with me on this. I think if we're all working toward the same thing, which is making sure our students learn, uh, that they become engaged citizens, that they're better people, that we're adding value uh, during the time that they're with us, then I think we're all good characters. Uh, So that's how I'm going to move away from thinking of myself as the the wicked queen. Thirdly, there is something we always need to reach the end of the journey. Um, You think of most fairy tales, they need to find something or get help along the way. Uh, And I think doing good assessment means thinking about what you need uh, to help you do this work. I think you're very fortunate to have uh, Vital and the resources of a teaching and learning center to help you days like this. Um, perhaps it's getting better at using rubrics to evaluate your students' projects or written, written work. Um, just thinking about what you need to reach the end of your assessment journey. For some of you, it may be time. How do I work in this assessment stuff with stuff that I'm already doing? And how do I, how do I use assessment to actually save myself time? Uh, when I talk about rubrics, One of the things that I first say is that since I've started using rubrics to evaluate my students' work, my grading has become more efficient. I actually think I take less time to grade and I certainly spend less time discussing grades with students because I think rubrics uh, help them understand their grades. Another script or part of the fairy tale is that there is always discovery along the way. Um, that sort of lesson learned. Um, Maybe when, since you've been doing assessment, you realize, you know what, I don't dislike it as much as I thought I was going to, or I'm better at it. Um, Things that I thought students were really struggling with, it turns out that they're not. Uh, And those are things that you, assessment helps you discover along the way uh, as you go through your semester and your courses. And of course with every fairy tale there is magic and enchantments. So you have to indulge me here. Think about your student's work and how it talks to you. Magical talking papers, or magical talking tests and quizzes, or final projects. How does your stu- student's work talk to you? When you look beyond students' grades, when you, rather than thinking, well, x percent got A's, x percent got B's, what do you see or hear in their work? What do you see in terms of what they do well and what they don't do well? So these are some of the ways that I think the script of assessment is very similar uh, to the script of a fairy tale. A basic definition of assessment is deciding what we want our students to know and do and making sure they can do those things. Deciding what we want them to learn and making sure they learn it. Part of that making sure is assessment of student learning. We want to use assessment to make ongoing improvements to our programs. In terms of what the accreditors are looking for now, and I know you have programs here that are accredited in addition to the uh, university's Middle States accreditation, they want to know that we're using our assessment results in meaningful ways to improve our programs, to improve our teaching and learning. So when we look in the mirror, we look at students' work, do we see what we want to see, or do we see really what's happening with student learning, wrinkles and warts and all? Okay, before I start talking about my next slide, I'd like to give you, actually, I'm gonna keep it there for a minute. I'd like to give you a chance to talk to each other, sort of your eating, gray day, um, keep you engaged as well. So if you could take a moment and turn to someone sitting near you, um, or behind you, um, what is, and just talk to each other about two short questions. What is one thing, think about a course you just finished teaching this semester. What is one thing you felt your students did really well in the course, and your students as a collective group, and one area you felt they could improve, again, as a collective group? So turn to a partner, one thing you felt your students did well, and one area where you thought they could have done better. And when you've answered those two questions, and the area where you thought they could have done better, how might you have improved their learning in that one area? that you wish went better. Not working all these things. Um I just did this because I was I oh was I hitting the wrong thing? Oh you're
0: still off. Oh
1: that explains it. There you go. All right, thank you. And I use these. Yeah. Okay. Um, Perfect. Right Sorry. Sorry, I thought I turned it on. So the other thing that might happen, just so you know, is like okay, if nothing changes in fifteen minutes my computer
0: will go to sleep. It's like I'm Okay, okay. so just the keep an eye on it. Put on,
1: so. okay. That's why I'm here by now. Okay.
0: And how about that? You I even assessed the introductory remarks. That's
1: I did. Okay. <laughs> did you I did. I a- Oh yeah, I'm out of control. Remind me, I'm in here till one fifteen. This goes tomorrow. Okay. So, what was the second question? What didn't? What they did do well. What they didn't do well, and how then you might improve the part. Oh, yeah. Okay, hopefully everybody had a chance to share a little bit. You get the group talking, and then you can't quiet them down. Put my hand up? All right, Gabrielle said to put my hand up. Okay. Oh, that works. Okay, see, I'll go back to Temple and do that. They'll be like, why is Jody raising her hand? All right, Um, Jim pointed out that I even managed to assess his introduction of me. Um, because I do. I just assess everything. It's like a habit. Um, All right, so hopefully you had a chance to talk to each other, uh, and you're thinking a little bit about um, what worked, what didn't work, uh, and how you might improve it. Um, I'm going to keep going, because I do want to make sure I'm being mindful of the schedule uh, that you have for the afternoon, but perhaps um, when I wrap up my remarks, there'll be a chance maybe for you to either, during the question, when I take questions to maybe share some of the things that, that you talked uh, with each other about. So the semester's over, you have students work, and now the real challenge is sort of what does it say to you? So I'm gonna continue on with these metaphors that I've created, um, and I want to focus on five things to think about when you are focusing now on understanding and using assessment results. So you've collected this student work, And and what do you now need to be looking for and thinking about? So first of all, avoid the poison apple, which is grades. It is very easy to try to say, well, I know how my students did. Here are my grades. Um, It's tempting to say, well, x percent got As, x percent got Bs. uh, And those grades align with my expectations for the course. If you did really well and did all your work and your assignments on time, you're an A student. And that means you learned something. Well, grades are not direct evidence of student learning because what if there's something that the C students struggled with that had they learned it in deeper ways, they actually might have been B students? Or what if there's something, there's a concept that all of the students struggled with, and say for example, your course is part one of a sequence, so when they get to course two, they're all missing something. And maybe it's a little something, but there's a deficit in their knowledge. The straight-up tally of grades doesn't tell you that. Um, So while it's very tempting to say, well, my grades are my evidence of student learning, they're only indirect evidence of student learning. And they don't tell you the areas um, where students are strong and the areas where students are weak. When you're thinking about understanding and using your assessment results, it's really important to first start with what were the most important things that students were supposed to know and do. That's where your learning goals are critical. Good assessment always begins with your learning goals. What were those essential things that students had to come out of the course knowing? And that's a good place to look. And when we're talking about understanding uh, assessment of student learning, it's when we're talking about them as a group, whether you're doing an assessment project for your course or for your program. When I look at students work collectively, what emerges in terms of strengths and weaknesses? The second metaphor to keep in mind when you're trying to focus on understanding and using assessment results is whistle while you work. I I really went deep into the vault of of Disney here. Um, First, look for evidence of what students do well. I am a glass half full person most of the time. Um, I always believe in looking for the positive first. Um, No matter how, and we've all been there, no matter how bad the paper was that we just wrote, my first comments will be something positive. Um, I could tell you put a lot of time into this assignment, or I, I, you seem to really like your topic, um, and then you go into um, and then you go into what was wrong with the topic because it wasn't what was assigned. Um, but first look for evidence of what students do well. what is working? What's it, where's an area where they may have struggled in the past, but even though they're not performing at the level you want yet, you still see improvement. Um, what is? Assessment sort of has a bad rap that it's about looking for what's broken, that we do assessment of student learning to find out what we do wrong. It's perfectly and socially acceptable to do assessment to prove that everybody is as great as we think they are uh, and that the students are doing really well in this class and that they have learned. Um, I did ask my colleagues, I said, you know, you guys have any metaphors since you just had to listen to me go through all of mine? And one of my colleagues had a different take on whistle while you work. She had this idea called whistle while you workbook, This idea of, do I really know how to use tools like Excel or rubrics um, that can help me do assessment better, uh, that would help me sort of whistle, I would feel more comfortable and better uh, when I was moving through assessments. So whistle while you work can be looking for the positive, but it also can be, what are the tools that can help me do assessment uh, better? I use rubrics to grade my students' work. Um, A rubric, if you're not familiar with that, is a checklist that breaks down the criteria that you're looking for in an assignment, uh, and has a rating scale as well. I always make my rubrics available to students when I assign the assignment or or right before the assignment is due. Um, There's a student who was in my class last spring in the room, so she can attest that I do this. refer the students to not only the overview of the assignment on the syllabus, but most importantly to the rubric. I say to them this is exactly what I'm looking for. If you want to know what an A paper looks like, the criteria are spelled out uh, on the rubric. Uh, We are a Blackboard campus and when students submit their work to me um, I grade it using a rubric that's attached to the assignment and then I'm able to run a rubric report that looks like this uh, that shows me how the students did on uh, the score and by the criteria that I've set out Uh, for the assignment. So, this is a rubric report that shows me a few things. One, it shows me um, their best... sort of this is what they were supposed to get, 75 would be the most point in each area, and this is how they did. So, it shows for this assignment, which was a paper Um, They essentially had to do a small literature review on... um, I teach planning in higher education, so they had to pick an area within planning, whether it was academic planning, campus master planning, financial planning, enrollment planning, uh, or a topic related to planning, such as uh, the use of... uh, the role of institutional research, that kind of thing. Emergency preparedness planning. Um, It shows that they wrote really, really good papers. Um, but they struggled a little bit in terms of how they reviewed the literature they found uh, and how they organized their work. Now, overall, these were strong papers, but it still allows me to say, well, what would I have focused on? And when I looked at their work across their papers, um, there was a really interesting trend. Uh, Prior to submitting the paper, they also had to do a quiz um, based on the readings, key concepts in planning. They all did really, really well on the quiz, so I knew they understood sort of the fundamentals of planning. What I saw from these papers, particularly the three areas they struggled, was that they had trouble sort of applying the concepts of planning to planning in practice. Many of them located articles that were about a plan, like a campus plan to do something, versus a campus's planning efforts. Um, Some others, decided to do maybe enrollment planning, and instead of strategic planning within or for enrollment management, they talked about the role of enrollment management on a campus, sort of what the office did. Again, not being able to translate the work of an office to how does that office plan, or the role of planning uh, to that work. So where do I go from here? Couple things, I think there were definitely students who understood the assignment, and I think were stronger students and really grasped planning. Um, But the fact that there was a decent number of students that struggled in sort of the aspects of the assignment, I was willing to say, you know what, some of this is on me. So first of all, I'm now gonna break the assignment into parts, rather than sort of all due on day X, um, I'm gonna have them locate their articles. Uh, talk to each other about their articles, share what they found, make sure they're on the right track from the beginning. I'm going to have them do an outline and then do some peer editing in class uh, next semester so that they can help each other out. Say, are are you focused on planning? Uh, And I'll give them a checklist to help them do that. Um, I'm also going to have them then, uh, uh, if they wish, have a draft submitted for review before they submit the final draft. Uh, This way, I'll know that they're on target. Uh, I will also explain the typical pitfalls for this assignment, perhaps showing this was a paper that was off the mark, uh, this was a paper uh, that did well. If I know the answer to what I'm looking for, this assessment showed me I have to do a better job of telling them that. Um, So this rubric report is a way that, a tool that really helped me focus on what my students need to do better. A third metaphor, is the old lady really an old lady, or is she the evil queen? And if I could sing or hum, I would do like some dun-dun-dun noise there. Um, This is a tough one. This is where you're looking at your assessment results, and you're not really sure what you're seeing. Um, You thought the students knew something, and, and they didn't. So that's where you say, well, was it the assignment? Or did they really not know something? Or you're thinking, I have been teaching this concept for three years. This is the first class that didn't get it. Um, did, I, did I teach something different? Did I change something in the materials? Or is this class, this cohort, a little bit different? Um, an assessment allows you to sort of track that and look deeper to try to figure out what are you really looking at. Um, that was sort of where I went when I looked at this score report. Was this this class? Um, now there was an interesting change to my teaching this past semester. Usually I teach my planning course as a full semester a 14 week experience. This past spring I taught it in our new, we have a new format at Temple. Um, You can do a 14 week, our our semesters are 16 weeks with break and finals, but you can do a 14 week or you could do a 7A or a 7B. And since I work very closely with uh, scheduling, I thought I should try a 7B um, to see what that felt like. So I did try a 7B, So, so it had me thinking was the shorter time to prepare and submit this assignment, how did that factor in? Um, but again, I'm sort of this is me looking really closely at the students' work, looking at the evidence of student learning that I have available to me, and trying to decide what do I do to move the bar in those areas where students underperformed. Fourth, you have friends in the forest. I am going to avoid seven dwarf references. I made a deliberate decision not to go there. Um, this, but this does mean that assessment should be shared. Something that you're seeing in your classes, um, probably others are as well. Um, And it's important to make our assessment very, very public. And that's one of the things I tried to have you do briefly with your turn to a partner and share. If it's happening in your class, it might be happening in your class. Um, If students are having trouble locating and properly citing sources, chances are there's a colleague who has seen that. We've all had the water uh, water cooler conversations about, I wish my students wrote better or I wish students would read more critically, I wish students would do this, that. Um, And assessment helps us have those conversations to try to figure out ways we can, across our courses, reinforce those wishes. I wish students could do this, I wish students could do that. Well, how can we collectively really begin uh, to focus on that? Fifth and finally, how do you get the happy ending? Um, Which is what we all hope for in the fairy tale. The ending that we're looking for is improved learning. Um, So what will help us get there? This really requires looking at our results with a critical eye and be willing to say, you know what, I could teach that better. Or maybe it is time to change the textbook. Maybe this isn't working um, as well as I would have liked. So when we know we have a deficit in student learning or we know we want to push our students, perhaps the rubric results you're seeing is (laughs) fabulous. Everybody's scoring really well. And what you really want to start thinking about then is, how do I make this more rigorous? Is this too easy? How do I push my students? So what are some actions we can take to make sure we're focused on improving student learning? So how many of you, when you turn to a partner, you mentioned something about students' writing. You, you notice maybe something related to you want your students' writing to be a little better. Did any of you talk about that? Okay, that's a, usual, um, that's a common one. So there's a couple different things that you might act upon to, to use your results in meaningful ways. You could provide students with information about the Writing Center or where to go for writing support on campus. How many of you already do that on your syllabus? So for someone, a faculty member who doesn't, I say, well, if you're seeing difficulties in writing, that right there is a simple improvement you can make that costs you no time. Simply giving them more information about the resources of the Writing Center. Or inviting someone from the Writing Center in at the beginning of the semester to talk about their services. Or even one further, if you have a student who went to the Writing Center this year, for whom you saw improvement in their writing, invite the student to come back to talk to a future class, to talk about the difference. peer-to-peer messages sometimes work better. You could share an example of what an A paper looks like. Uh, This is an A. This is what I consider a well-written paper. You could require students to submit an outline or a rough draft. Um when I've been to sessions that our writing center runs, that's one of the things they say can lead to improvement in writing. Have students sort of chunk their paper down into uh, an outline, a draft, a final version, which is essentially how they're taught to write in college writing, yet we tend not to do it in our classes. What if all along your students you thought it was a writing problem, but it turns out to be a time management problem? So I was Uh, at a meeting with a group of colleagues, the writing center director happened to be one of them, and we were talking about our courses, and we got to the topic of, you know, I teach graduate students, and I was talking about how stunned I am sometimes at the number of problems in their writing, uh, many of which seem to be a lack of proofreading uh, type problems, things that you would think a graduate student would discover. And she's turned me on to literature that says they can write, they absolutely can write, they can't manage their time. Uh, particularly graduate students in a higher ed program that tend to also be working professionals. I have a lot of students in my classes who are RAs, who keep long hours, um, uh, coaches uh, from across our our athletic programs, uh, and they have really, really busy schedules. So I figured out that in Blackboard I have this report that shows me where and when the students spend their hours in my Blackboard course. So this is the time they spent in Blackboard related to my course. Well, the notes are there, um, the assignments have to be submitted there, the discussion boards are there. So, essentially, we do everything in Blackboard. Well, this really is not that surprising when you note that all my assignments are due at 11.59 on Fridays. And look when they're spending the most time. So, I realized, well, if I sort of don't have them checking in or submitting drafts along the way, I'm really allowing them to write their papers the night they're due. There's nothing that would tell me that they can do that. There's nothing uh, preventing that. Um, and for some reason, Wednesdays are a big night too. Um, so this is the kind of way you can sort of, there are tools out there to say, you know, what are, how are students spending their time in my class? And what does that tell me about their learning? And what changes then do I want to make? If I feel some of the problems are these last minute, I got to get it done, I didn't leave myself time enough to proof it, How can I help them uh, focus on the importance of proofreading? So another example of sort of understanding and using results. On your final exam, you see that students learned X and Y, but not Z. How many of you, when you turned to your partner, had that kind of conversation? There was just a huge gap in something uh, that they didn't learn. So a few of you talked uh, about that. Well, sometimes changing the sequencing of materials might help. Uh, Perhaps if you taught Z first... Then X and Y, maybe that would allow you to give more time uh, to each of those concepts. Now, you could then say, well, then Y will be rushed if Z goes to the front of the line. But maybe just reordering it will get you to think about how much time you actually spend on each unit. You could add a quiz in the middle of the semester, not necessarily a midterm, but something that would allow you to see the deficits. So you're aware of the weaknesses and time to remedy them uh, or to give extra time uh, to something. Another area that we need to help us understand our courses better are end-of-semester course evaluations. Now course evaluations are indirect measures of student learning. uh, But when you combine them with what you see in students' work, it can give you a pretty good picture of students' view of the course. So what if on the end-of-semester course evaluations you see that students don't like group work? How many of you have a group project that you assign? How many of your students jump up and down and scream that they're so excited and can't wait to do, get to the group? I would like to know what you do. I, I
0: talked about it
1: today. I had a station
0: at 15.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because my, student, my students, uh, and Ann can attest to this, I get such faces and like physical reactions um, to group work. So they tell you on the end of semester course evaluations that they loved your class, they hate your group work. So you could just change it to an individual assignment. Now, I think that's giving up and giving in. I'm a parent, so we've got to be careful of the giving in thing. Um, Your satisfaction ratings are going to go up. But if one of your learning outcomes is related to being able to work or learn collaboratively, how are you going to accomplish that? So that's kind of cheating. You could give them a pre-survey at the beginning of the course to ask them their attitudes and views towards group work. Explain, describe a time you were in a group that it worked well. Describe a time you were in a group and it didn't work well. Um, that at least would give you a sense of where the, what they're worried about. You could ask them what, what they feel their biggest concern or the challenges are. Um, if they say it's time, which is something that I learned from my class, I now make sure in each class meeting they get a little bit of time to work with each other uh, in a group. You could also take time at the beginning of the semester to try to convince them that group work really is a good and important thing. Um, I teach in a higher ed course, so one of the things I always do is tell them how much of my week is spent with others versus by myself in my office, Um, which doesn't happen a lot. I'm usually in a committee, Um, and if they all want to be in higher ed, they're going to have to learn to play nicely with others because we do it a lot. Um, I also created a cute little, it's called Powtoons video. I think it was cute. Was it cute? It was cute. Yeah, Um, with characters that explains about group work. Um, There's a character called Do-It-All Dottie, the know-it-all who tries to run the whole group. And then there's seldom seldom seen Steve, who is depicted as a panda lying on his belly eating bamboo, who doesn't come to group meetings, doesn't do his share. Um, And that at least shows them that I'm aware that there are these kinds of people that can sabotage group work, Um, but yet it's something you need to do. And then when you do when you have your uh, end of semester course evaluation, you may get a moment like this where it's all worth it. As much as I hate to admit it, I learned a great deal from my peers with the group project, even though finding time to get together was tough from week to week. See, to me, that even though there was that little criticism at the end, that's a victory uh, for me, that the students' comments like this where the students see Um, that group work uh, can be important. I was also able to look at other pieces of evidence that even though they didn't like the group work, they were able to learn from each other. Because a learning goal such as learn from each other collaboratively is kind of hard to measure. Um, But I was able to see, I was able to go through their exchanges on their group blog to see how they talked to each other. Were they interacting? Were they saying things like I did this or I reviewed your work, we're coming together? Did I see positive reinforcements? I was able on Blackboard to follow the number and content of their postings. And sure enough, the groups that interacted the most in the group page space on Blackboard got the strongest grades on the group assignments. And I can tell that to groups to hopefully get better group behavior. Another tool you can do that I don't always use, but I have used, is a group self-assessment. Let the group evaluate themselves. How did you think you did? Um, also, by giving them group t- uh, time in class, I'm allowed to see how the group is behaving. I can see if someone's dominating. I can see if there's someone who's routinely not paying attention or coming la- or leaving a little bit early when the group is staying to work. Um, students think we're not aware of the group personalities in the class, but we usually are. Um, and giving them time in class allows me to sort of monitor that and help the group uh, stay focused uh, on the task. Hopefully this conversation and this talk has you thinking about assessments you've done over the course of the year, and how knowing what you know now about what your students learned this past semester, what you might do to improve your course going forward. So let's take a poll. How, based on your assessments, would you describe the changes you need to make to your class next year? I'll read them all, and then I'll let you vote, because you know I'm going full fairy tale here. A, I need to, a magic wand to wave over the whole course to make it all better. B, just a pinch of this and a pinch of that and the learning potion will be stronger. Or C, when I look in the mirror, I see a course that works. I will continue as I have and use assessment to make sure students continue to meet my learning expectations. So A is magic wand. B is just a pinch of something. C is I kind of like what I see. How many of you think of a particular course or courses you taught? How many of you feel you're in A mode? I like the honesty. There's probably more here. Um, B a pinch of this and a pinch of that. Yeah I think that's probably where most of us are. C I like what I see. When I hold up the mirror I like what I see. Good. I'm hoping this talk has you thinking about how you look at your students work and how you look at your assignments as assessments that can help you answer the question what do my students know and what can they do? Um, To close, because I threw this out to my colleagues and I promised them I would, I have uh, here are a few more metaphors that folks gave me when I said, when you think of assessment and you think of uh, these, uh, these fairy tale references, what else do you come up with? Well, I had a whole group that went sort of negative on me um, and said things like, data is the rabbit hole. It's just all down there, and I, don't, I, just, I know I have to jump in, um, but it's this idea of, you know, yes, you may have a lot of information about how your students are doing, but keep focused on those learning goals. What are you looking for? Um, and it's that, what do students know and what should students do? Follow the breadcrumbs. I think this is Hansel and Gretel, and I'm not not remembering what happens to those kids. I don't know if it goes well. Um, But make sure the data path links back to your learning outcomes. That's your clear path. That's your road to understanding and using results. I thought this Emperor's New Clothes was great. Um, This idea that we know what we want students to know and do, and we're not always the best at telling our students that. Um, We don't always share that with them. Um, We think they know what the learning outcomes or the intended outcomes are for the course, um, but they can't see it, and I I think this is a good reminder to really be intentional and share with students, like the use of rubrics, what do we want it to do. And then you have to go with frozen, this idea of let it go, um, turn a negative finding into a good one. Um, If there's something that students struggled with, Try to find the positives, but really focus on, how can I turn this finding into a good one? I don't have to freeze everything. I don't necessarily need to start over. What can I focus on? What little changes can I make uh, to ensure that my students learn uh, in deeper and more meaningful ways? Um, Any come to mind for you? I would love to add to my list. (laughs) Anyone have a good assessment metaphor? I'll give you my email because if you come up with any, please write to me. I'm thinking of doing something with this. I don't know what it's, that is yet, um, but my email is jodih at temple.edu. And if you think of any, I'd love to hear uh, your ideas uh, as well. So um, to close, I'm going to take questions now. But um, why don't I do that? Why don't, if you have questions or things that you want to share, yeah. yes. Uh,
0: what, what
1: you I'll share whatever okay. J-O-D-I-H at temple.edu. I I was just reflecting on my syllabus
0: prompt regarding part of the student's research paper. And I had it in writing, and I told it to the class, and when they had their obligatory rough draft, most of them did not follow the prompt, Anyway, but when I wrote on their individual papers what they needed to do, I'm telling you, the, the final copies were wonderful. So, I'm, I'm, my question now that I'm thinking of for the first time is why did, did they not follow the prompt that was written and follow the prompt that I told them until I
1: wrote it individually on their Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one thing you might do to remind them and to focus them is require on their obligatory rough draft to put the prompt at the top of the rough draft. Oh, yeah, see, you. You reali- you, by looking at their work collectively, you realized a pattern. Simple change, not gonna, you don't have to change the syllabus even. Just say, copy and paste the prompt right into the top of your paper to remind you that this is what your paper is supposed <laughs> to do.
0: Other thoughts or questions, yeah. So um, the sample paper idea that you mentioned. So I always post a sample A paper because that's easy to ask the students, Oh, your paper was great, can I have it to yeah. use in the future semesters? Do you have any suggestions on how to approach a C paper and say, Oh your paper's really crappy, can I use it? <laughs> 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 questionnaire at the beginning saying, can I use your work? Can I have your
1: permission to use okay. your work? Yeah. You so, spotless with the grade if everybody checks yes, their paper is there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things you can do. If it's a student who maybe got a C on the first paper, but a second paper was better, you might say, you know, I'm really proud of the way your, your writing has improved. Could I use your earlier paper as an example? And that might be a way to approach that. I like the open disclaimer of I can use anybody's work. I think that's the way to go. The other thing sometimes you could do is you, you could sort of write your own C paper, sort of modify the C that you have in hand and change it up enough that a student wouldn't recognize it. And then they're all guessing whose it was. But they're not, the next, the yeah, prior semester's business. classes are going to see it anyway, but that's another another route. Um, but I think, that, you know, I'm saying to all students, look, being able to share your work with future students really can help make the difference in the learning of others. I think that's the and way. And they can way.
0: say no.
1: Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. But I Fine. think that's the way to go. Yes,
0: Uh, one of the things we discussed was uh, assessing things that we are not present for. Uh, So, uh, for example, um, my partner here teaches um, French and I teach chemistry. In both cases, there's a lot of practice that's involved. And it's not a question of do they know it, it's a question of can you practice it enough to the point where you're fluent in it, um, regardless of whether it's pretty much any subject, I think. And so my question is, how do we assess the things that
1: can't be present for So you want to know the extent to which they're practicing outside of class. Okay, a couple things you could do. You could ask them in a particular week leading up to a, um, if they're going to be doing an oral exam um, or a fluency exam, um, you could ask them to keep a time log. Um, you could make that worth some points so that they're mo- more motivated to do it or a requirement of this assignment, but ask them to keep track of the hours that they practice. Um, if you have um, So for example, actually my daughter's taking French, and they use something called Quizlet. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So she has a variety of Quizlets when they're doing vocabulary, and it's so the teacher sees their time. So she can see how many times and her performance on Quizlet. So if there are those kinds of online tools, um, I, I don't think they do as much the way they used to with language labs where you had to go, check out a tape, listen. I know that's old school. But if there are those kinds of online tools, that's a place, too, where. Um, going to a teaching and learning center or talking to your IT folks about what ways technology might help you track. Um, If there is something, a tool that students can use to practice fluency that has analytics behind it, you'd be able to get a report of how many students um, go on. If there's something, if you post audios or things for them to listen, uh, within your learning management system, there might be, there's usually statistics that allow you to see per, per user how often they've logged on. Anybody have any other ideas for tracking sort of the out-of-class um, time students spend doing something? Are any of you doing anything uh, innovative or other ideas? Yes?
0: I'm not doing this, but um, the CATS reports, our uh, bubble sheet evaluations, um, have something like, how, on average, how many hours a week did you spend on the class? And I think you can, I've tried that before, where I assess them where it's not attached to an assignment but I allow them to self-report it and you know they could be making it up but you know at least it kind of gives you a sense of where they think they should be spending how much time they think they should be spending on it uh, I'm actually presenting an online learning tool at 230 that has analytics that i have
1: used to um, assess students yeah, learning management systems have a lot of resources, and online tools have a lot of resources that can give you pictures of aspects of learning that are really, really helpful. Like I didn't know about that time log. Um, I've been teaching in Blackboard forever, and I didn't know about that time log um, until this semester. Um, but it's really helped me see a lot about how they spend my, their time in my <laughs> class. So, other questions or comments? Yes. Okay. Okay. Great, good suggestions. Yes? Um, when you earlier had up your rubric and you were reflecting on it, you said, because some of that's on me, so I need to do something different. Um, how do you, as an assessment guru, determine when it's on you and when it's on them? And that you know what? That's a great question. Um, I... Usually, for me, the rubric report helps me see it. But usually before I even run the report, i you you see it, you'll be grading papers, and it always comes out this way. You get a string of it, you get really strong papers, and you're feeling really good and you're going, grading's going well. And then you get a chunk that are like, what's happening here? Um, when when I start feeling the same thing over and over again, and I'm and then I start thinking about those students. So the six students, I then look at their other work sometimes. Well, they didn't, They weren't all weak on the quizzes, and they're really good on discussions, so if I'm seeing in the other tools, I sort of try to triangulate. I teach three units in my planning course, accreditation, planning, and assessment. In each unit, there's a quiz, a discussion blog, and a paper. So for me, that has to triangulate. A student who's not getting planning usually doesn't do well on two of the three or maybe all three. Um, a student who did well on the blog and the, qu- the quiz and the blog, but didn't do well on the paper, that gets me thinking about the nature of the assignment itself. Um, we're going through that right now as a staff. Um, I, the group that does placement testing for entering students reports to me. Um, and we've just sort of recalibrated. We've gone to a new system for testing for math, and we've made some slight changes to writing. And um, the prompt for writing, you have to summarize the passage and then form an opinion. And they're seeing a string of, they're, they're thinking it's a trend of the students not do they're not doing the summary. So the, ava- the score, because you don't do the summary, places you in a pre-college writing. But if you didn't do the summary, we don't know you can't do a summary, we know you didn't do a summary. So it has this thinking now that we're a certain percentage into the students who've tested, what do we do with that? Because if they're not doing it at all, there's some that did it badly, And then there's some that didn't do it at all. What do we do with the ones who didn't do it at all? Um, So we're now thinking of, do we look at their high school grades to see is the placement? But it's that question of, did we give them the right setup? So I almost always look at that first. Uh, Maybe it's just my nature. I'm willing to put blame on myself before I believe that my students don't know anything. Um, But that's, that's a great question. I've never really thought about why I do that. It's just sort of... I'm, will, I'm always willing to make my course better, and I think that's an attitude I bring to my teaching. Um, and I think this time in particular, because I was in a new pre, uh, condensed semester format, um, I was willing to say maybe I didn't get it right when I chopped it in half, essentially, in my course from 14 to 7. That was like therapy, I felt, my <laughs> Yeah. i was just going to ask, you um, talked about the group work, if they just love food. But one of the things that I've done before
0: is let them have not like a group evaluation of how the whole group did, but it's when you evaluate your own contributions and others in the group to the project. One thing being that sometimes they just like being able to say something. But then, two things about that is what do you do with it in terms of, besides just letting them expound, in terms of the grade? And then, because sometimes you get where everybody will just say, everybody's be great because they don't want to bat on the other person, whatever the word is. So you start really giving anything. Good. or even they don't, what, what do you do with I it? it? About do yeah, it. there's a software, it's free, CACME, C-A-T-M-E dot It's um, out of, I can't remember which university developed it, but it's research based, and it takes care of it for you. So it's a whole system where the students, they'll assign their teams based on 36 different parameters and based on the research, like ethnicity, a whole bunch of stuff to give you the best team development, but the students can then do self-evaluations of themselves and the teams. And if they do that, they get a bad score because they're not evaluating the team. And it actually gives you weighting factors to affect teamwork grades based upon research. And all the data that keeps on getting put into it from everybody that's bought into it. And there's thousands and thousands of users in this process. I'd say sign up for it and it takes it off the table. But you don't have to evaluate it. It does it for you. It's really good.
1: Man, now, now I'm thinking, wow, that's if we were assigned to committees back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That
0: yeah. Huh. So to follow up on Randy's excellent um, contribution here, there's a session at 230 about caffeine. So if you're interested in assessment of group work, you can go to that session.
1: It's completely free to. You know, I think, I think the group evaluations can work. Um, I think it's helpful too if you let them know that it's coming. Um, say to them, you know, you're gonna be evaluated on your group work. Um, I think that sets the expectation. Um, If you write to me and you want, I'll share that link to that video. It just sort of makes them aware. Um, The book that those characters came from is called Using Student Teams in the Classroom. Um, I'm not sure if there's a current edition anymore, but it was written by Hurd, H-U-R-D, and a colleague. She's at the business school in Syracuse. Um, Using student teams in the classroom. There's some really great strategies in there for getting teams to be effective. Uh, and Teams as a learning tool. So I know we are out of time. Um, So thank you for indulging me in my metaphors today.